You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey everybody, it's Adam, live and in person for you. Hey everybody, it's Adam, wonder who he'll interview. Today, I am pulling back the curtain with author, writer, producer, director, Del Shores, as we talk about his brand new book, which is about to be released on March 31st, called um, Sorted Lives, the Sorted Life Saga Before the Trip. Yeah. So welcome, Dell. It's great to see you. It's been a while. I know. It's been a few years. So I'm thrilled that we're getting to catch up over this. So this book, you actually started it back in 2007 and then kind of like put it aside. And as you were doing those Facebook Lives, fans were saying, you need to finish this book because you were reading different short stories. So what was it like to go back to this project all these years later? I mean, it's about 15 years. Yeah, it was, you know, it was, uh, I had returned to the characters in 2015-ish and 14 when I was writing A Very Sorted Wedding. So, but this was actually the source material for the series. And I had started it in 2006 uh, when Jason and I were married. He encouraged me actually, he said, you know, there's, I think there's more to these stories. And so he really encouraged me to write them and we had released them on Facebook, you know, and that it was just, you know, very, very fun at the time. And then the series got the green light from Logo and I just put it in a drawer and kind of forgot about it. So uh, during the pandemic, as we were all just stuck at home drinking, I thought, well, maybe while we're drinking, we can have like a bedtime stories by Dell. So I, I, I call them sorted bedtime stories because I, I found them posted on Sorted Lives, the series page. And I printed them out and, and then I, I had 19 and, uh, and, and, and uh, 19 chapters. And then people were going, well, wait, wait. Where's the, where's the rest? I said, that's all I've got. And since we had a little time on our hands, I decided I'm going to finish it. And I did. And I, I have, there's 3209 chapters. It's, uh, you know, if, for the Sorted Lives fans, they know what 3209 is. So. Yes. Yes. Oh, and um, also Wendy says they were wonderful. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, I remember she, she was one of my faithfuls. Yeah. Yes. And uh, Klobby94 says he's definitely getting the book. All right. Yeah, it's, it's available right now. On, you go to delshores.com and you can uh, pre-order the soft copy uh, f- uh, that's autographed and personalized. Terrific. Go to delshores.com and pre-order the book. Yeah, it's, uh, it's selling well. So we're, we're excited. Terrific. Well, this is very exciting. Um, so now the the book is the saga before the trip so it's kind of like the prequel to you said like you mentioned the series yeah so before uh it, it implies two things before the trip it's before you know lavanda goes uh to to, to new york i mean not to new york uh, to, to los angeles to see ty's naked play and it's before trip Peggy, it's really before Peggy trips on those wooden legs <laughs> so it, it definitely is the prequel and that the last chapter uh, you know, is is that tragedy, that horrible, <laughs> twisted sort of tragedy. Yes. So what is it like? Because since 
everything after it has been written. What is the process like to write the prequel? Like, do you, how do you do that knowing what the end result is? Well, um, you know, one of the things that I decided to do with this book is I decided to, uh, oddly enough, I was inspired by Jacqueline Suzanne's Valley of the Dolls <laughs> and the structure. I loved when I was a kid, I devoured that book, you know, secretly. You could, I was a Southern Baptist preacher's kid, so I had to get a copy and hide it under my bed and read. And I just loved the way it was Jennifer and then Neely. And then, you know, so I decided that I would, uh, each chapter would be a short story of sorts that would be from that character's point of view. And then it continues from another point of view and another point of view. So my goal was the, always that the, the chapters could stand alone yeah. or you could put them all together and they make this novel. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so, so you could literally like read one a night. And, and uh, you know, I, it, the, I, I should pop up the forward because Leslie Jordan takes full credit for everything. <laughs> uh, and uh, we're, we're, if I find it, I'll, I'll, I'll read you what he said. Uh, oh, here it is. But he, years and years ago, when we were both very young and beautiful, uh, we were, well, young, we were, we were young and, and going for these dreams. Leslie used to, instead of bringing a, a bottle of wine or flowers to a dinner party, he would bring a, uh, a book, which I stole that idea from him. I do it often. I, I bring like a, a playbook or something and give it to the host or the hostess. And he brought me this book uh, called Shiloh and Other Stories by Bobby Ann Mason. And I loved it so much. It was about these Southern women and they were on a very short journey, but that journey changed their, the course of their lives. And so I thought, you know, I think I'm going to try my hand at a short story. And I wrote this short story called Nicotine Fit. And it was Sissy trying to quit smoking. And that was the first of all of sorted lives. Oh my God, you know? I love and, it. And, and I, then I realized, oh, my friend Ronnie Claire Edwards, who played Cora Bethel in the Walton, she said, I think there's a one act play here. And so I thought, well, I can do that. So then I was coming out at the time and I was going through therapy and I started just kind of jotting down my therapy sessions. And so I became Ty and my mother's Latrell. And so. Anyway, I, I want to read what he said. He goes, at the end of the, he goes, what I love about these stories is how Dill gives us more depth with each and every character. They are funny, yes, but sometimes they will just break your heart. And he writes each and every one of them without judgment, flaws and all, you just love them. So y'all sit back, turn these pages and enjoy these characters as you visit with brother boy Peggy, LaVonda, Nolita, Latrell, Juanita, Ty, GW, and all the rest of your favorite sorted characters. And as I'm writing this, I realize something. Sorted lives and everything sorted, including this book, would have never happened if it were not for you, for, for yours truly, Leslie Allen Jordan. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> so he takes full credit. Yes. Um, um, but but he, he, he deserves a lot because he's the one who, you know, he's my buddy and I would call him and read the play and, uh, you know, pieces of it. So, um, and, and I, what he said there, I loved where he said, there's more depth. And Adam, that's what I, what I tried to do with these characters. I always say when I direct actors, scratch deeper, scratch deeper, mm -hmm. what's behind Juanito drinking? 
what's what's behind mm -hmm. that obsession with that rooster and in this in this book you get that so it's not mm -hmm. always ha 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 it's many many times oh my god you know yes so oh, i love reveals like that yeah because like someone like me i mean i've been such a huge fan of all of your sorted lives you know, from the TV show to the movies to um, A Very Sorted Wedding, which was the movie. So now to get more in-depth in these characters is very exciting. The new 2023 Ford Escape is the perfect getaway car. Featuring an available 13.1-inch center stack screen, 360-degree camera, and Bang & Olufsen sound system and spatial flexibility for extra legroom. The new 2023 Ford Escape. Learn more at Ford.com. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. And speaking of Leslie Jordan, actually, uh, Osa Wendy would love if you could describe your friendship with Leslie. Um, well, it goes way back. Uh, I met Leslie. He came to see my first play, Cheatin', and I met him for a brief second in the lobby. And he was studying uh, improv with the director of the play, Sherry Landrum. And they're both from Chattanooga, Tennessee. So when the play went equity in Kansas City, uh, we needed a, a, a Bow Bob. And she said, do you remember that little short guy from Tennessee? And I said, oh my God. Cause I mean, you meet Leslie once, you don't forget it. Right. And he came in and he auditioned for me. and. He, his first line in the audition was, hey, Sid, nice day, ain't it? And I just fell on the floor and I said, I have to work with this guy. And we worked together and became fast friends. We loved all the same things, all the same movies. We watched Come Back to the Five and Dime over and over again. And uh, Silkwood. I mean, those were like anything Southern we just gravitated to. And then I got married to my ex-wife in Kansas City during that run. He was my best man. So you can imagine that that probably was not going to turn out okay uh, with Leslie as your best man. <laughs> right. but he became the godfather of my oldest daughter, Rebecca, which I always say, I don't know what we were thinking. He's given her no spiritual advice <laughs> at all, but a lot of good gifts. <laughs> and we have never stopped loving each other. Our work is entangled. And for me to see my friend, who I have worked with many, many, many times in television and film and on stage, to see his success now, it is uh, one of my proudest. Uh, not a, it's not my achievement, but it's my proudest. I, I feel like. Uh, you know, when you're a proud dad, mm -hmm. well, I, I'm, I, I just feel like I, my brother made it. Yes. You know, my brother got real famous. And you know what? He didn't change. Mm -hmm. He just is the same as he's always been. We talk all the time. We text incessantly. And uh, I, I love him dearly. Oh, that is so nice to hear. I mean, I met him um, through a sort of comedy affair when you were in New York at Comics. Oh and, yes. Um, and then when he did his um, when he did his one man show, my trip down the pink carpet, I got to meet him. And he was just the both times he was just the nicest, and to everybody, like everybody he spoke to, he was just the nicest to everybody. And you never forget that. He, he truly is. He's he. Uh, people say, "What's he like in real life?" He's exactly the same as <laughs> if you see him on Anderson 
and Andy. You know, he is exactly the same. There is absolutely no difference. I love it. So um, we were just talking a little bit about uh, how Dell got to write the book and what it's like because he started in 2007, what it was like to pick it up 15 years later. Um, and one thing I do want to just make sure we stress to everybody is that no matter where you are at in your life, you can start a project and you can always go back to a project. Like, like with this book, you started it in 2007, but it was during the pandemic that you went back to it to finish it. And I just find that so inspiring because so many people start a project or have an idea in their head and they're like, oh, it's too late, it's too late. And I just want, and you're like living proof that it's never too late to go back to a project and revisit something. And, or a dream. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many people start say, oh, I'm too old to pursue acting now or to write this, you know? And I, I you know, I, we, we, I have a foundation now, the Dell Shores Foundation, and we just had our first round of scripts come in because we have a script contest. And I loved how diverse my uh the, the 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 all the the writers the storytellers i call them they were in all you know just all walks of life ages races everything it was just it was so wonderful and i thought you know what it's never too late to pursue a dream you know if yeah. you're talented don't don't be delusional like those people on American Idol, you know, don't do that. Don't say, I, I won't be a big star like Whitney Houston and, you know, you can't carry a tune. That's not realistic. That's not realistic. Uh, be realistic. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going, I can't sing, so I'm not going on American Idol with the thought that I'm going to be this huge singer. So See, you, you do you have found to, what you do. You I know did. what you do and you, you're good with that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, not that I still don't want to be a singer, but I know I, I can't carry a tune. So just do that in the privacy of your own home, Adam. Do not subject us to it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I won't. I promise you. I, I, I just torture my boyfriend with it and then he sings back and we get each other back. So y'all See, yeah, after this is over, please do endless love and just send me a little snippet <laughs> so I can, can I, I can see. We've never gotten a request before, so I'm thrilled. Your first request from yes. Bell Shores, please sing endless love, at least five bars. <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> we could do that. We could do that. And uh, another thing about Sorted Lives that I love is that it's been in every single medium. You've had it theater, TV, film, and a, now a book. I mean, I, wow, yeah. That's It incredible. started in theater. Yeah, it yeah. Started, well, it started actually as a short story. And then it was a book. I mean, then it was a, a play. And then it was the film. And yeah, then the series. And now a book. I didn't think about that. So yeah. four mediums. I've crossed over to four mediums now. Yes. Um, so, it, so that's like something else that I feel like is a big takeaway for people is that even if you have a project in one medium, it doesn't mean it can't transfer over into other mediums. And, you know, look at Sorted Lives. It's literally every medium that we have. That's, that, you know, it's something that I, I teach writing now. I'm so fortunate that I teach uh, once a week. I have a wonderful group of writers that, uh, that on Monday nights that we meet. And then I, I teach once a year at uh, Northwestern State University in Louisiana, uh, playwriting. But especially in my writing class on Mondays, I, many times people bring in a story and they don't know where it fits. They don't know where it is. And I said, you know what? You don't have to decide that right away. 
just just start writing the characters right really start writing the characters first start with characters always start with characters they're going to take you on the journey that's your writing mm. tip today i was just going to say we got a free tip today yeah so everybody enjoy that free tip um now i also want to talk about um oh yes also with the book uh i want to know what was the hardest chapter or story to write and um which chapter do you feel readers will relate to the most? Oh, okay. That, th those are good questions. Uh, oh, you're you're you. good. It's not just, what's it, what's it like to work with Rue McClanahan? You know, those are the ones <laughs> I get most of. How, is Olivia John sweet? Um, uh, I feel like probably the hardest chapter for me to write was uh, one of the Juanita chapters because we really got into her childhood and what caused the damage. And, you know, for me, Juanita has always just been this fun character that I can just make everybody laugh. And I was, and, you know, I, I love Juanita. I have a mannequin of her costume. That's, that's her original costume. And, uh, you know, and, and Sarah Hunley, who played her, was such a dear, dear friend. I love her. I loved her so much. I love her so much. I don't think we stop loving people just because they passed away. But, but there was tragedy with Sarah. And so Sarah really inspired me to just dig deep in the fabric of Juanita's background. And so that was, that was I think that's the one, I think people will be shocked at that chapter. Oh my um, God. No spoilers, but I think it will be pretty shocking. Uh, and then I get, you know what? I think the ones that, that at least uh, a lot of, um, women and gay men will relate to is Ty, I, I don't know, I don't remember what chapter number it is, but Ty has this crazy obsessive ritual with weighing and exercising according to what he weighs and sitting in the sauna according to what he weighs. And uh, that's, you know, I was a fat kid. I was that kid that wore husky jeans. And I can't tell you how many people have told me just from the movie how they relate to that. And so again, digging deeper and going into that, that moment where he cried in Sears, started that obsession with his weight. Wow. And, um, and, he still, and, and, and he's got really bad body dysmorphia. I mean, you know, if I don't weigh the right amount in the morning, uh, I alter my eating accordingly. And I think, a lot of people will relate. Yes, to yes. Uh, Clobby94 says, I truly do relate. I think a lot of people can, can relate to that. I mean, look, I weigh myself once a week and, you know, I see the number, you know, I'm just gonna be honest, it goes up and down. And, and I've been like going up and down between like, I would say now for a few months, between like five pounds. And when it's down the five pounds, I am so much happier. Like yesterday I got on the scale and I was on the, on the lower end of that five pounds. And I was thrilled because I was like, you know what? Mm -hmm. My clothes are going to fit me better. Plus I have an Instagram live this week. So the camera adds the 10 pounds. Right. So um, I'm thrilled that like when that happens. So it's definitely something I think a lot of people can relate to. Yeah. I just, uh, I wish that I had done better with that. And I've mm -hmm. had some therapy. I mean, it manifested itself so much in my life that I started sleep eating things that I would deprive myself, not remember. And then you find a rib bone in your bed, uh, you know, or mm -hmm. 
so it, it, you know, it, not not good. And and my daughters both have struggled with um, eating disorders, and I feel so guilty that I was so obsessed with food because I feel like I contributed to that. And I know mm. you parents out there can relate that when you're fucked up, you're you you, you feel like maybe I fucked up my kid a little bit. Mm. And um, but um, but anyway. Yes. You know, enough of the, the darkness. <laughs> my, my youngest daughter, by the way, got married a week ago yesterday. And it oh. was such a beautiful wedding. Go to my Instagram and see the pictures. And uh, I'm so happy because she, she and her husband are so happy. And he's such a good man. Oh, that's so, so nice. Congratulations. Yes. I Priceline presents Go to Your Happy Price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I love seeing the posts about your daughters on, on both Facebook and Instagram. It's very exciting. Well, the reason I don't do very well with Instagram is because my daughter, Rebecca, it, she helps me with everything. I go, I need you to put that swap up thing in the story <laughs> so that they can go right to it. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank, I mean, thank goodness she's willing to do it. I thank, thank goodness for youth, right? I mean, for yes. me, it's like, help, help. Yes. Um, no, exactly. I feel the same way. I'm like, who, who's here that can like actually help me with TikTok? Like right. who <laughs> knows what it is? So it I'm, one of I'm the worst little... things about my divorce was that my ex-husband, boy, he knew all the tech stuff. Yes, he's very good at that stuff. He's very good with the tech. Yes, yes. Um, so uh, I also want to know, um, how has your writing changed at all since the pandemic, if at all? Well, you know, I, I feel like that... Um, my my writing is always evolving and I look at my plays up there and you've got cheating daddy's dying who's got the will daughters of the lone star state one of the themes of all of my plays is there's always some sort of social aspect to them you know adultery death and family uh racism and then you know you got sordid lives which has so many issues uh southern baptist sissies religious bigotry but as they got as, as they were the trials and tribulations of a trailer trash housewife which is about spousal abuse i feel like they keep getting darker so i have to tell you i'm trying to lighten up a little bit i'm just trying to lighten up going back to just okay let's get some let's get some good comedy going and i feel like i was really successful in that with a very sordid wedding it still had it you know but it we, i was able to premiere the stage version uh in on uh that we, we started rehearsal in august opened in september at uptown players and um dallas and it was so funny and i just sat there every single night in, in matinee and i was going 
thank you, thank you that I, you know, because you write a movie, mm -hmm. you know, you know, you hear the, you know, you go to the film festivals. Yes, you do hear it, but it goes that 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 laughter gets fainter and fainter, mm -hmm. and then so to be in the Kalita Humphreys uh, theater, you know, with four hundred people, it was it was quite wonderful. Oh, so wow. I think that I think it's uh, it, it's evolved, and that I I still. Mm -hmm tackle deep issues but um hopefully the pandemic is like i just feel like we need to laugh now yes definitely we definitely need some humor there's so much there's so much like heartache and strife going on in the world we definitely need laughter yes so i just have a few more questions left because i know we have to wrap up soon um how i mean speaking of like tough times how do you get through tough times uh pills <laughs> uh, <no. laughs> Pills and alcohol. I'm kidding. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I, I, I haven't actually disclosed this to many people, especially publicly, but uh, the pandemic has caused, it seems like, some sort of weird anxiety with me that um, has manifested itself into a pain. And so I ended up in the emergency room and three and a half hours of tests and I'm fine. And then a full physical and I'm fine. So yes, I did. I do, you know, when you have some issues, uh, talk to your doctor. And so that's number one. He did put me on uh, Lexapro, a very light dose, and it has helped some, but I'm still having it. And I don't know what it's about. I, I, I know it's returning to the world a little uh -huh. bit because I've started booking uh, shows. So I'm gonna go back, but you know, you start thinking, and you go, and then all of a sudden the pain is there. Mm. And it's, it's very odd what our bodies and our minds, how connected they are. Uh, the other thing I do that really helps me is I spin and I hike, mm. I exercise. And, um, and, uh, and I try sometimes desperately, you know, I'm a news junkie. So I try yeah. just to turn it off, just to turn it off and to really create. That helps me. This yeah. book has helped. This book helped me so much get through the pandemic, you oh. know, just to return to those characters and to be able to, to, to create. Because I mean, we were just like, "What the fuck is going on in our world?" I, I mean, know. it was so difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? What do you do? Um, I mean, I I listen to music. I music really helps me a lot through okay, tough times. Cool. Um. I watch TV, I watch movies. Um, I mean, I used to, I mean, before the pandemic, I would definitely try to go to a show or something. But now that I also, now I live about an hour outside of New York City. So it's not as easy to get into the city. So um, I've definitely been watching a lot more TV. Um, and then I focus on my interviews and, you know, try to sort of channel some of that pain or grief or whatever it is through my questions and, and you know, how the interview's going. So some interviews might be very light and fluffy and fun and others sure. might be a little more serious, so. Well, I hope you and that boyfriend have wild, crazy sex so that I can envy <laughs> you. Because the pandemic has taken a toll on you. Uh, I, I, I mean, really, I, I've just gotten to know uh, every person on Pornhub. I feel like that <laughs> I, I, I'm into reruns now. Uh, <laughs> I'll table that conversation for after when my parents are not watching. Okay, we won't talk about it anymore. <laughs> no, no. Okay. 
<laughs> and my boyfriend tuned in. He actually, I saw he came on here. So he's, he's on here too. So we definitely have okay. to table that conversation for when it's just you and I. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. And I saw a few other people, a few other of my friends joined. Uh, Jasper Colt joined, I saw earlier. My friend hey, Robbie Rizell joined. I, know. I love Jasper. He's fantastic. I know. He's so much fun. And he has a great podcast too. He I does. definitely want to one on one. Yes. Me too. One on one with Jasper Cole. Yeah. So, um, okay. So I just have two more questions um, because we do have to wrap up. So, okay. what are any future plans for any sorted lives? Uh, anything else sorted lives? You know what? I've always said it's, it's I'm done. I'm done with the sorted wedding. I said I'm done. And then I returned to them again with this book. So, I will say, who knows? I mean, we always, I, I love the characters. I don't get tired of them. My friend Patrick in Texas, he keeps saying, you've got to write that Christmas play. You've got to write the, you know, uh, Merry Sorted Christmas. So who knows? Oh my God, that would be so much fun. Yeah. I, I, I feel like it has to be another prequel, a prequel to the prequel. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I'm obsessed with my actors and they're all, you know, I've lost a couple of them. Mm -hmm. I know. And, um, yeah. Well, we are going to wrap things up with this final question. So what yeah. is the most sordid thing to happen in your life? Yeah, you're asking me that question and your parents are in the room. Are you kidding? Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I mean, we always go with sordid. I always go to some sort of sexual thing. So I, this, I won't get too graphic, okay. but I will tell you this, that one time, while I was having sex, um, a guy broke his ankle. So um, uh, in my defense, it was a re-break. It was, it had, the cast had recently come off, but, and it was his own fault. Uh, but, so I think that's pretty sorted. Do you think that's sorted enough? I do, yes, yes, I do. Oh my God, I've never heard a story like that before, so. It's like, you know, there's this like moment where just, screaming and you think oh i'm doing great <laughs> and then and then you go, we got to go to the emergency room <laughs> oh my god oh my god crazy well that is a perfect way to end this wonderful conversation and i just want to thank you so much for your time today thank everybody for watching and we cannot wait to find out all of this backstory to all of our favorite characters he'll get the dirt and the scoop and the story for he happens to be in the know just ask anybody who's had um adam with for the business of show call me adam.com